Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to the Film Pigs Podcast. We're 25 episodes in, and so far, no sudden and unexplained halts in production. <laughs> I'm your host this episode, Steve Skelton. I'm uh, television's Todd Robert Anderson. I'm uh, Stephen Falk. And let's uh, jump right into it. We got, uh, first up, a little movie news. Yeah, that's right. That music means movie news. All the finest news about movies that we, you know, we lazily gathered and didn't put much effort into. I don't know what you're talking about. I spent hours. Oh, well then, Todd, what news do you have for us? Oh, um, I've got t- uh, actually two little tidbits. Oh. You better not scoop me. Yeah. I, always, I always go second and get scooped. All right, man, yeah. Uh, yeah if okay, you got two then, tidbits, yeah, then okay. let's let Steve go first. Yeah, he let him scooped. go first. And you can, yeah. John Carter, the movie that is testing so poorly oh. that the studio is freaking out, uh, the producer is already uh, working on a sequel. John Carter, The Gods of Mars. Uh <laughs> What? It's testing poorly. The studio's freaking out, so and he's working yeah, on a sequel. Yeah, they're going ahead on a sequel. Yeah. It's, uh, they're in the, you know, in the initial uh, planning stages, but uh, director Andrew Stanton and, and writer Michael Chabon are, are working on it, which is it's the name of the second book in the series. Right. And um, I, I, have a, I have a feeling that's never going to see the light of day. But, <laughs> so, I think we're going to see a Green Lantern sequel before... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so maybe Stanton and Chabon are just trying to you know make a dollar before... The yeah. movie comes out tanks, and they go back to he goes back to Pixar. Oh boy! Yeah, he goes he goes back to the drudgery of working at Pixar. <laughs> oh well, foosball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Todd, um, uh, uh, Brett Ratner, Brett who, Ratner uh, left the Oscars after uh, saying that gay people uh, are the only ones who need to rehearse. Um, That's is right. Yeah. Set to direct a Glad video campaign, not the trash bags, the gay and lesbian uh, anti defamation uh, uh, group. I thought that was uh, an interesting. You couldn't figure out what that D was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what the rest of it is. I got gay and lesbian. Yeah, he, said, he said glad to go. It's actually dudes. <laughs> dudes. Gay and lesbian. No, dudes. Dudes. Gay and lesbian. Hey, dudes. It's weird. It's a gay and lesbian group. They only let guys into it. It's really weird. That's really weird. It's a lot of people. It confuses a lot of people. I, I, well, I thought that was uh, fun, fun and interesting news. Because uh, now, because that, you know, that's what they need is uh, a video campaign that's as bland and corporate as uh, Brett Ratner film. Yeah. It'll make them more yeah. relatable. Uh, and here's my other bit of news. This is exciting. Uh, the Writers Guild Awards oh. uh, will be streaming online this Sunday. Oh my. And uh, everyone should go online and watch it and look for the Film Pig's own Stephen yes. Falk, who has been nominated for a Best Episodic Comedy, his uh, Object Impermanence episode of Weeds. Yes, and excellent. I'm, I know he's going to walk out of that room a winner. Do you have uh, like a URL, a web address? You know, I looked and looked, and uh, it all I saw. And was then he gave up when he couldn't find it. Like, yeah. the, the fun, the fun part of this story is, I think it's only available to Writers Guild Award <laughs> uh, Writers Guild members. Oh, really? To stream. Oh, so, that, so, so, mind. so, join the union. <laughs> <laughs> Before Sunday, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you can stream it. Joe McHale and Zoe Deschanel are hosting, and it starts at three in the afternoon. Well, there's a cocktail hour. 
Oh, nice. Uh, and then we're going to sit at are the table. Gonna, are they going to stream the cocktail out? I don't know. And then we're going to sit at the showtime table and lose to Modern Family <laughs> or The Office. Well, uh, best of luck. Hey, well, hey, I, hey, use your positive thinking. Look, it's an honor just to have free cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I have uh, one little piece of news that I thought was pretty interesting is uh, that uh, Warner Brothers and screenwriter John Logan have been released from the uh, Last Samurai lawsuit that's been going on for years mm. uh, by a couple of other writers uh, by the name of Aaron Benet and Matthew Benet um, that they claim. The Benets. The Benets, yeah. Uh, that they claim uh, the uh, script was. Uh, lifted a lot from their material, yeah. and uh, so uh, he's been released. But they can still proceed with their with their case against the the production company. But what's really interesting is uh, is there have been apparently like falsified emails and uh, like mechanically reproduced signatures and uh. stolen DNA. Uh, taken and like all kinds of shenanigans are going on behind the scenes in this case. It's uh, once it finally uh, uh, resolves, I think it's going to be kind of an interesting. Uh, what was story. the movie? Uh, the Last Samurai, the Tom Cruise. Oh no, uh, yeah. Samurai Japan oh, show. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so this is yeah, it's been going on for yeah, since like two thousand five or yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was my news. Oh, well, I kind of like there that. Yeah. And that music brings us to our theme, episode's theme. And it's really appropriate music because our theme uh, this episode is Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal. Who burns Hollywood or he's black? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He no, sometimes it's... talks like a black guy. Yeah, yeah he yeah. tries. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. No, he's uh. You know, he's you know, he's he's down with everybody. Fat so. black samurai. <laughs> Fat black samurai. That should be the name of his next picture. That would be kind of awesome. Um, Ghost dog now sequel. We're going. To... <laughs> he could team up with Forrest Whitaker. Sure. Why not? Uh, so uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Steven Seagal and uh, his oeuvre. Mm. Uh, and so I just want to give a quick little biography for those that uh, may not be Steven Seagal experts. Born April 10th, 1952 in Lansing, Michigan. Mm. Uh, he moved to Fullerton, California, where he grew up most of his childhood. In his teens, he moved to Japan to study Aikido, where he met his first mm. wife. And that's he took over her father's dojo mm. when he retired, becoming the first foreigner to run an Aikido do- dojo in Japan. Right. Which is you know, his first big claim to fame. It's very exciting. Um, then it's kind of uh, nebulous... He left his wife or decided to open a dojo of his own back in the States. And I think that's kind of when that marriage dissolved. Um, not a lot of spoken about it. but uh, So he, he came back uh, to the States to open uh, an Aikido dojo, which eventually he moved to West Hollywood. And that's where he kind of started um, getting involved in, in the entertainment business. And uh, he worked as the martial arts coordinator on the movie The Challenge in 82 and Never Say Never Again. In '83, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and and Wikipedia claims this, but IMDb doesn't substantiate it. Also claims he was the mar- uh, martial arts coordinator on, on a view to a kill, um, but that may or may not be true. Mm. So, internet, uh, find us the truth. <laughs> Go right, right away, right now. Uh, so, you know, in total, he's had four wives, including Kelly LeBrock. She's delicious, and uh, has seven children scattered among. All, all, a bunch all of the ladies. Wives. Yeah, a bunch of the ladies. He's a 7th Dan black belt in Aikido. 
And he has helped to train mixed martial artists uh, Loto Machida and Anderson Silva. And Silva credits Seagal's training with hel- helping him uh, knock out Randy Couture in uh, 2011. Oh. So he's actually, you know, it's, it's not like a you know, bullshit thing. He actually... Yeah, no, he knows what he's doing. He knows, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the story of his rise to fame is uh, the, the then CAA agent, Michael Ovitz, who was a student of Seagal's, mm-hmm. uh, thought, you know, he's, he was convinced he could make anybody a star. It didn't matter whether they're an actor or not. And so, right. you know, he said, I can make this guy a star. Right, and, and he was right, and and he was right, yeah, and that's what he got him. He got him into above the law. Yeah, the uh, rumor I that's, al- that's that that's that's the famous story. Right, the rumor I always heard was that Ovitz uh, bet somebody else that he could turn anyone into. Yeah, it was like star. training yeah. places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. exactly, exactly, yes. exactly. Bet a dollar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a Buddhist, an environmentalist, and an animal lover, <laughs> and he's a perfectly adequate blues musician. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, and a soft drink uh, maker, yeah, yeah, yeah and a energy purveyor drink. of terrible energy drinks. Yeah, uh, Steven Seagal's Lightning Bolt. They still make that. I hope not. <laughs> so that <clears throat> is uh, a short intro to the man. I think uh, we want to focus on initially here is theatrical, his uh, original theatrical movies and his oh, rise yeah. to fame. Yeah. So we're looking at Above the Law, 1988, Hard to Kill in 1990, Mark for Death, ni- 1990 as well, Out for Justice, 91, which I think might be my favorite. Mm, uh, that's a good one. And uh, Under Sieges, one, one and well, two. Yeah. Uh, is called Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. <laughs> <laughs> on Deadly Ground, uh, 94, Executive Decision, 96. Marvelous performance. And, and actually what, uh, what Glimmerman and Fire Down Below were also the last theatrical released, I believe. Uh, no, the, after was, that was uh, Exit Wounds. Oh, no, Exit, yeah, Exit Wounds and, ha- and Half, Half Past, Past Dead. Dead was the last theatrical. Half Past Dead should, should have been directed video, but it somehow got yeah. a theatrical release. So let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend, um, the ponytail. Sometimes. Sometimes, uh, sometimes yeah. ponytail, sometimes not. It's, it it's went a, back and forth. It's an important point. It is. Yeah. It is. Well, um, what, what, uh, Todd? What is it that you love about Steven Seagal? This is an easy, easy softball question. Well, uh, honestly, you know, back in the eighties, uh, I was a huge action junkie, and mm-hmm. I went to absolutely every action R-rated action movie that came down the pike. I even saw a. Uh, Perfect Weapon with Jeff Speakman, Speakman in the theater and and uh, a movie with a guy named, I think his name is Thomas Ian Griffith, uh, called uh, Excessive Force. Oh, yes. So all these movies were coming yes. out and, and, and I went to see Above the Law and uh, I loved the, uh, and, and they got progressively better with the ludicrous, over-the-top, intense uh, violence in the fight scene. Yeah. The bone-breaking and... You know, cracking arms over his shoulder and 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 stabbing people in the head with knives, and it, it was just his his violence was unbelievably awesome. But at the same time, his movies were as as B action movies. They were distinct in that they weren't right wing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they were. Mm-hmm. They were uh, liberal minded, but ultra well, yeah, way, yeah, way more ultra, violent. Yeah, than they were ultra violent else. action movies with this like really liberal undercurrent, thematic <laughs> yeah. cur- undercurrents, that which was makes so convoluted. <laughs> it was so convoluted, but I, I loved it. What's uh, Stephen Falk? What's your what's your favorite thing about the Master Seagal? I, I think his acting style. I think his <laughs> voice and his acting style is just so anachronistic and weird. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't make any sense. You couldn't pitch this character before Seagal existed. No. People would just go, 
Wait, I what? <laughs> yeah. A, a fat, slow, be ponytailed, liberal, uh, kung fu guy, white, and he sounds like a black man when he talks sometimes. <laughs> kind of slurs. Sounds like he's from Louisiana or something. And and he fights people and he wears kimonos. <laughs> he doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I, I kind of like the originality of that. He's yeah. Uh, well, he's, yeah, he's such a un- like just himself. He's such like a unique weird character. Yeah. yeah. That hey, you know, it's like it's dumb to even try and make trying for him to even try and be anything other than his own weird self. Well, in whatever thank God he never on. really yeah. has. The other, the well, he wasn't fat at the beginning. No. I mean, his no, initial—he didn't true. get fat until like, like exit wound. You could yeah. always see it coming. You could, yeah. you could. The other thing I loved about him was, especially you know, in his early stuff when he when he was still running. <laughs> oh yeah, his the run, run is awesome because yeah. he has like floppy arms. Yeah, he has a silly floppy <laughs> arms and he runs kind of like a like a like yeah, a waterfowl like or a velociraptor. <laughs> Yeah, and and it's yeah because he has this really silly childlike run which we laugh and make fun of but but he's also like and then the next the next scene he would catch whoever he was like silly running after and then just beat the living shit out of them in a horrible way yeah he slapped so, people around yeah so it's ta- it, his run actually became terrifying because you knew at the end of the silly run someone was going to get terribly hurt someone's losing a leg yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was talking to, because uh, uh, he, he liked to play rough uh, yeah. uh, back in the day. I was talking to a stunt Well, man. I don't think he ever quite learned how to stunt fight. Right. 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 Well, but he also, he, he I, I think he understood it, but he liked to, but he did, he yeah, liked he to yeah. get rough with yeah. people. And uh, he hurt a lot of people in his fight scenes. But I was talking to a stunt man who knew a stunt guy who worked on Fire Down Below. And, you know, Seagal would, yeah. like, really punched him. So he got up and slammed Seagal back and knocked him down. <laughs> See, this is, I don't know if this is true, but this is what this guy told me is that he pissed his pants because he was actually <laughs> terrified nice. that somebody fought back. Because I think a lot of people were just like, well, this yeah, guy's the star. So so but also it's like, yeah, he's an Aikido master and, you know. Right, he's- right. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the thing that always like, I mean, when I first saw, like, when I first saw, like, Above the Law, Above the Law, that's the first one, that's where it has that move. Uh, where's he in, like, the pool hall or whatever, where he, like, disarms the guy and, like, twists his hands around and flips the guy over? Mm-hmm. Like, sp- like, oh, yeah, he when, does the, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Did, he does that, like, Akita move, or, like, it, it, when I first saw that, that, like, blew my mind. Right. Because I couldn't quite tell what happened. But uh-huh. it was awesome. Yeah. Well, well, the Aikido that he well, and a, a lot of I've read too that he's kind of bastardized Aikido, uh, it made it way Can't more violent it. Yeah. than it really yeah. is. But the, I guess the idea is that, that using someone's aggressive energy against themselves. Yeah. That's what those moves are. Is yeah. Using their their forward. But motion that but that was something like in, in like an in an action movie, uh, fighting you know fighting movies that I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. These, these types of moves, these types of like you know these particular types of martial arts that he was bringing. Right. That's something else that like really like you know when I'm, you know a teenager, um, like that's amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. And well, uh, it really was, and it was yeah. unlike any other fight. And, and it's yeah. like, and that's something you don't see anymore, really. That's why it's like you know with Haywire, I was you know so enjoyed the the Soderbergh movie is because you know Gina Carano is doing actual martial arts, and you can see right, it, and right. it's really impressive, and it's yeah. athletic, and 
you know, yeah. you, that, that's something that that's something that like post eighties, early nineties, we didn't really get in action films for. Well, they were long takes, and because yeah. we're not used to people who can actually fight. But it's also, mm. but it's also like when, you know, they stop making people like Steven Seagal, let them letting them do movies, right? Um, and they started training training actors, actors yeah, as Matt opposed, Damon, yeah, Ben Affleck, and then and, they had, and because they've only been training, you know, as impressive as I think Matt Damon's, you know, martial arts were. I think, and the, I, I born identity was really yeah, impressive. First, I, I really liked that, and I liked I, I liked his training in it because it it was clear he spent six months training his ass right. off for that in but, a show. But when you have a guy who's been doing it all his yeah. life versus a guy who's been doing it for six months, yeah. I mean, Seagal's fight scenes in those early movies are they are amazing. Yeah, because he's so effortless yeah. with how terribly awful he's hurting people. Yeah, it, 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 I, I loved it. Loved it. What is I mean, and for me in the in the in you know in in his in his heyday, there's uh, great, hilarious, fun movies. Uh, he always plays a you know a, either like a cop or former military secret operations guy who's disillusioned with the government, mm-hmm. and uh, and he always has the best names. His characters have the most ridiculous names. Above the law, Nico Toscani. Yeah. Nico. Nice. Meet Nico. He's a cop with yeah. an attitude. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to kill, Mason Storm. <laughs> Mason Storm? Yeah. That's a weatherman. <laughs> Marked for death, John Hatcher. John Hatcher. Sure. Uh, and out for justice, Detective Gino Fellino. Detective Gino, Gino. Fellino. Gino Fellino. That's the movie where he has like several monologues yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah, that's the monologue picture. Uh, under Siege, Casey Ryback, uh, of course. Yeah. Casey Ryback. Uh, on Deadly Ground, the one with Michael Caine where he's fighting the evil oil company. Sure. Uh, Forrest Taft. God. <laughs> this is such a screenwriter name. Yeah, uh. terrible name. But um, what's your favorite uh, Seagal picture show? Um, that's a hard one. I kind of go back and forth, but I, I, I think ultimately probably Marked for Death is mm-hmm. my favorite one, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, is about... Because of Screwface. Because Screwface is awesome. You can't understand what he's saying at all through the whole picture. And that one... And, I mean, and hey, spoiler alert, because he's probably, Todd's probably going to give away the twist. Oh, no, I won't give away the twist. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a better it's, twist than any Shyamalan yeah, movie ever. Great last line, though, in that, in that movie. <laughs> um, but it, the, that one was, as far as its pacing is concerned, the way it, it's pretty much 90 minutes of ultraviolence. Whereas, you know, uh, Hard to Kill has like a long, like, tri- like, recovering from a coma that yeah, yeah, know, yeah and above the laws and paced very well but that movie is just 90 minutes of pure violence and it, and the way it starts he's like got a guy in his trunk and he pulls him out of the trunk and he's just slapping this guy around and it's clear that he he, he is slapping this guy around <laughs> <laughs> just open hand slaps and backhand that, that's dog. something i awesome. it seems to be like a motif with Seagal especially early Seagal is he plays a character who is like so certain of his moral correctness and how people should behave and what's good and what's bad mm-hmm. that he feels utterly comfortable slapping somebody that who's behaving badly. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, it was, yeah, but that was my fave. What uh, Falk? What's your uh, 
Well, I'm I'm not the aficionado you guys are, but I do like the under siege pitchers. Yes, I like both of them. Yeah, I do too. I like the the it's it's a boat and a train. Is that correct? Well, it's a battleship. Yeah, and battleship. the first one with Tommy yeah. Lee Jones yeah. and uh, and then Eric Bogosian. And Bogosian is the Bogosian bad guy in the train. Too. Yeah, the you know oh, Bogosian's I, great in that. He's so bad. Yeah, <laughs> terrible CGI flying yeah. out of the train. I would say under siege is certainly his. Best movie as far as a movie is probably his biggest probably budget is, movie. Yeah, yeah, biggest budget, best well, structured, best probably structured best money movie, making. Yeah. Andy Davis, when he was you know at the top of his game, made great actors. Yeah, yeah. And so I, uh, I I appreciated that movie. I liked it. But I I've you know I'm sure you'll get to the well, yeah. video ones by like some of those. Too. Yeah. Well, I mean, but my favorite is uh, is Out for Justice, and that's simply because. You know, he's that, out for justice. He's out for justice. But it also, I mean, the movie's, you know, I mean, it's it's uneven, but it for me it balances out really well with Seagal's uh, mm-hmm. that he always has. <laughs> balanced out with just one of the most, like, balls-out, crazy, scenery-chewing performances <laughs> in cinema history by William Forsythe. He is amazing. As the drug-crazed criminal who just, his whole purpose in the movie is to cause mayhem that Seagal has to track down. Yeah. I love he gets in a fender bender in that movie and, and gets sh- out of the car yeah. and shoots the woman in the yeah. head. He's, I mean, he's, he's so irredeemably evil <laughs> nice. that it's it it's unbel- It's he's a he's a terrifying cartoon yeah. and it's awesome. Yeah, it is pretty great. So what uh, what do we think about his uh, direct video period? Well, his I think Tom Tom Slingdog's gonna be by a little later to give yeah, us a fuller yeah. rundown, he's but we out, should touch on Yeah, I left, oh, okay. I left him outside. He's yeah. root, he's rooting around in your garbage, Steve. Oh, uh, we uh, shouldn't go too deep into it then. Yeah, no. Yeah, just just to, but to touch just touch on it. I I mean his direct to video movies are uh, uniformly uh, a mess. I mean they're they're they don't none of them make any sense. And they're uh because they're lower budgeted movies you know they don't they don't have the action that is uh, you know early nineties theatrical pictures. Yeah, had. they just they just don't. They're nowhere near that quality. But also, he let himself go, so he can't move and run and right. all that. Right. So in his DTV fight scenes, he basically stands there, and they hire bad guys who can actually do what he used to do, and they come at him, and he just, like, clotheslines them. It's like Madonna at the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> they surrounded her old bones with a bunch of actual dancers, and then she just kind of waved her hands around. <laughs> That's uh, a very good analogy. I agree. Now, one thing that I really loved in his kind of uh, late period mm-hmm. has been his uh, TV show, this reality show, Steven oh, Seagal, Steven Lawman. Lawman. Yeah. Where, Lawman. Yeah, Lawman. Lawman. Where, you know, he's a reserve deputy in uh, Jefferson Parish, Louisiana. And it's just, it's, a, it's just Steven Seagal in episodes of Cops with other kind of old fat cops. Yeah, they're all out of shape. And he just drives around and looks at crime and then gets out of the truck. And then the people that they're arresting initially are struggling. And then they see him and go, you're Steven Seagal. I got all your movies. And then they immediately calm down and it's easy to arrest them. So the, the lesson is every police force should have should Steven have a Seagal. Seagal. No, he's, he's amazingly like, you know, disarming in uh, potential uh, dangerous situations sure. mm-hmm. simply because he's, uh, you know, a fairly well known. Yeah. 
And they're, and they're like thrilled to get arrested by Steven Seagal. Yeah, you could really. I mean, it doesn't have to be Seagal. It could be any celebrity. Yeah, Just I mean, deputize a celebrity yeah, and yeah, take him around with Chuck you. Norris. It'd be or, easier uh, to arrest yeah. crackheads. Is yeah. that movie uh, show still going? Well, that's the thing is they did a couple of seasons, but uh, in 2010, the show was put on hold because he was uh, sued for sexual harassment by one, right. of, one of his assistants yeah. and and a bunch of other stuff. And they were saying, no, we fired her because she's on drugs all the time. And that was in court for a while. And then it kind of mysteriously went away. She like dropped all charges. and They paid her off. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, then uh, that was okay. And then they were shooting the third season. I in believe, Arizona. In Arizona, yeah. yeah. And uh, they did a raid on a guy's house, which I think was like, because he was, they, he was like, you know, hoarding like roosters for cockfighting. Or yeah, something. it was, was a cockfighting like, ring. Yeah. And, they, you know, they managed to like kill a puppy. Uh, Who killed the, the puppy? The, the, the raid that the Seagal sheriff. was on. With the What's the sheriff's name? He's he's kind of infamous for oh, being... Oh, well, yeah, a Pero... Uh, a P- uh, he's a very controversial yeah, figure yeah. Uh, because he's kind of a... He's like a he's like a case. real life, but yeah. he's also like the the more he's in the spotlight, the more it comes to light that he's doing things that aren't legal. So they killed a right. puppy, yeah, during the raid, and so all gonna, the cocks that they were trying yeah. to save. Yeah. yeah, oh my god. Yeah. So it was like a disaster, and they've kind of I think they've killed the show, or at least put it on an infinite hiatus. Well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, the it's it, it's all speculation as to what happened to it, but the speculation I heard that made the most sense is that the the footage from the series is all tied up. In, in, in the litigation, in the litigation. Yeah. So, yeah. so they right. can't air it. Oh right, right, right. And then he has a new uh, scripted cop show, True Justice. True Justice. Yeah. That is, uh, I think, I, Reels, the Reels channel, I think it's on. Yeah, they. It, it's been around for a while, but Reels finally uh, picked it up. I, I think they aired it in the UK or, yeah. or, or in Europe yeah. somewhere. So it's, they, it's a real, like, hour-long show. Yeah, series. it's an yeah. hour-long show. But, yeah. but they, like, yeah, it's airing in weird places. And then they in some places, they jam together several of the episodes into, like, TV movies uh. and, and put it out that way. So, um, but... Uh, but yeah. in March, it's going to premiere on Reels' channel yeah. in March. And I think, right. they, I think they've already issued a, like, a, a buy for a second season. So right. I'm sure it's great. Oh, I'm I, sure And it's I can't amazing. wait to see it, frankly. Yeah. Um, plus, also, his next direct-to-video uh, uh, movie that's coming out is Maximum Conviction with Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Michael Pere. Nice. Nice. Oh, and uh, Steven Seagal's character name, Tom Steele. Tom Steele. Oh my That's god! Exciting. So, uh, final thoughts on uh, Steven Seagal, Stephen Falk? No, I just can't wait to to hear about the uh, the straight to. We're gonna hear about all of them. You think? Yeah, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run them all. Uh, or Tom I'm not. Tan yeah. is gonna come in. and, yeah. and run I just them look all. forward to that because some of those I very much yeah. enjoy. I, you know, he's a he's a fat slob, but he's fun. He is fun. I mean, I I I I would like if I had you know my druthers, there would be a new. I mean, obviously, action guys can't keep doing that. Uh, you know, once they get older, um, you know, unless you're we, Liam, we, unless you're Liam Neeson, you you've you you know we've seen it a, a, a hundred times. You know, the action guys get old and then their movies kind of slow yeah. down and they have to work around their Jackie age. Chan. 
But yeah, Jackie Chan's yeah. a great example. And but it would be nice to have a new Seagal, you know, have a new uh, American action star who really uh, uh, kicks ass. And maybe it's uh, Haywire. Maybe it's maybe it's her. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I mean, I mean, she, be great. She, she's the only heir apparent to that kind of that style of, of old school action movies. Well, and so. I wish they do. I wish they would bring back sort of the <clears throat> B movie, lower budgeted B movies like that. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, Crank was sort of it. Statham is kind of the guy now. Yeah, he but, is, yeah. You know, he he. Uh, he dabbles too much in the PG thirteen realm for my taste, um, but it, it it would be nice, you know. And Stallone's kind of bringing it back with his stuff, but it, you know, again, he's older, yeah. so you know, it's not not quite the same. All right, well, uh, uh, that was uh, Steven Seagal. We couldn't, of course, cover everything, but no, no, of course not. Now that means those ominous drums you hear mm-hmm. means it's time for movie jail. Uh oh. And this is a segment in the show where we put a movie pro- a movie bag a movie bag yeah we movie professional on trial for crimes against cinema if they're found guilty they are incarcerated in the Robert De Niro maximum security federal penitentiary uh, for a time yeah however how much time we determine we yeah fucking feel yeah so far we've not released anybody so. <laughs> Uh, it's really it's, what we're doing is probably illegal. It's but, yeah. <laughs> probably this yeah. episode. Stephen Falk is presenting his case for prosecution. So I, uh, you know, we always endeavor to uh, have a themed um, celebrity, but uh, I, I was pretty sure if I tried to put Stephen Skull in movie no. jail, you guys would have said no. Oh, we, put, we put you in movie jail, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want to go to movie jail. I would, I would not survive with Catherine Heigl. She's yeah. very violent. Yeah, she's tough, tough cookie. So this is not themed. Oh, and and Catherine Heigl, by the way, was uh, Casey Ryback's niece in Under Siege 2 Dark Territory. A little bit of trivia. Yeah. Yeah. So this is someone who, by the way, has been on my list to put in jail. (laughs) He's been on my docket, put it that way. He was born in uh, May 9th, 1940 in uh, Brooklyn, grew up in uh, New Jersey. Um, He went to NYU, dropped out, got got a usher job at CBS, and then moved to L.A. in 1965. Uh, and got a job as a writer uh, on the series My Mother the Car. My Mother the Car? He went on to create some wonderful TV shows, including Mary Tyler Moore's show in 1970, Rhoda, Lou Grant, Taxi. Mm, Great Um, shows. And uh, then he got into movies in the late 70s, and he um, wrote and uh, produced and directed uh, Terms of Endearment, which is kind of silly, but won uh, Academy Awards for all three um, all three jobs. Uh, his next movie is one of my favorite. It's called Broadcast News. Oh, um, it's a great. It's about his, based on his journalistic experiences and uh, won a couple more Academy Awards. Uh, and then in in '94, he uh, had uh, his first sort of troubled movie, and it's called I'd I'll Do Anything, which was hampered by uh, negative press attention due to all the cutting of the recorded uh, music numbers. Yes, it was a musical. Um, right. I believe it's Nick Nolte and Julia Roberts. If I'm is that right? Yeah, is that, I, I, I don't know. I know Nick not, Nolte I, for sure. I can't remember who that I think How I could a Nick, right Nick Nolte in a musical go wrong? But anyway, this, is, this, this man, of course, is James L. Brooks. James yep. L. Brooks. Uh, yep. The celebrated uh, James L. Brooks. Uh, he actually then in, in 97 returned to um, television as the producer of The Tracy Ullman Show. 
where he hired a, a cartoonist named Matt Groening to um, create a series of shorts called The Simpsons. Never heard of it. That was in '87. Uh, he started uh, Tracy Ullman in '89. They, um, yeah, so in '87, and then which led in '89 to its own spinoff called The Simpsons. Simpsons, yeah. I liked the Tracy Ullman show. I thought that show. Was yeah, it was yeah. fun. Uh, the Simpsons, of course, is you know made tons of movies, and he sort of stayed away from TV. He he dabbles occasionally. He'll come do a show. I think he did a Joan Cusack show or something. But anyway, um, so after talking, going back to his movies, after the failure of I'll Do Anything, um, he, uh, in 1997, he returned to form for some, not for me, uh, with a movie <laughs> called As Good As It Gets. Oh, God. Uh, which sort of swept the Oscars, if I remember correctly, earning Oscars for Helen Hunt. Now you're starting to win me over with your case. And uh, Wasn't well, Kinnear is- nominated or did he win? Did Kinnear win? No, Kinnear didn't win, but I think Nichol- Jack Nicholson may have for playing the gay, not the gay OCD guy. Was he gay? Greg, was OCD. Greg, Greg, no, Greg Kinnear was, was, was gay. gay. Yeah. The gay beat up guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Cuba Gooding was his lover. No, he was, I don't know. It, it, it was a mess of a movie. I hated it. But uh, it, it did really well. And then, uh, and then he waited, you know, Eight, seven, eight years, just counting his Simpsons money, of which there have been well, it, probably it a took eight years to count all that money. That's a lot point. of money to count. Um, and uh, made a movie called uh, Spanglish. Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, you know, with, you know. With, he, he could almost stop here with <laughs> fellow with fellow movie uh, with fellow movie jail uh, prisoner Adam Sandler. <laughs> just hearing that title again was like getting yeah. punched in the gut. <laughs> so James L. Brooks sort of uh, uh, laid low for a little while, and then. Um, in 2010, he returned with a little movie called How Do You Know? Oh, God. Starring Reese Witherspoon and um, Owen Wilson. That's right. And oh uh, Jack Nicholson again. And, and I think Paul Rudd. Is it Paul Rudd? I think it's Paul Rudd. Anyway, uh, and it's an absolute mess. Um, <laughs> the movie, for Which s- is the title of his next movie. The yeah. movie, for some God-known reason, I guess all, t- all top-line, above-the-line deals cost $120 million. Wait, wait. Um, how did the, how yeah, did that cost one hundred twenty million? I think Jack probably has a giant back end. I think Reese probably got fifteen or something. Oh my god! Anyway, um, it was a financial bomb for Sony. Um, grossed only forty percent of the budget, and then uh, and then then uh, Sony picture and that that movie by the way was critically uh, hated. Uh, Patrick Goldstein of the L.A. Times wrote the characters were so were, were stick figures. The jokes were flat. The situations felt scarily insular, which is absolutely <laughs> true. Uh, he went on to say That's that Bro- Brooks had finally lost his comic mojo, <laughs> um, concluding his films used to have wonderful, restless, neurotic energy. But how do you know feels like it was phoned in from someone resting uncomfortably on his laurels? Um, <laughs> and Variety's Peter Dubridge uh, said it, it showed that Brooks had lost his spark. Um, Sony Pictures then... That, that, you um, know, that suddenly now what we say about movies doesn't seem so harsh. Exactly. No. Sony Pictures then unceremoniously dropped Gracie, his deal with Gracie Films that they had had since 1990. Oh, had been wow. in a studio home um, of 20, 20, 21 years. Wow. Uh, and... Um, so, you know, based on basically the fact that he, ha- he hasn't done anything good since, in my mind, uh, The Simpsons on the TV side and broadcast news. And mm-hmm. you, know, you could argue that The Simpsons really had nothing to do with him, that he just put them on the Tracy Ullman show. Um, mm-hmm. Really, he hasn't done shit that I like since broadcast news, which was oh, over wow. 20 years ago. Yeah, that's... And yet his name is still 
he, he's still sort of held as this god, you know, like Wes Anderson begged him to like produce Bottle Rocket, which was a good 15 years after Broadcast News. Yeah. And I think he did a Cameron Crowe movie. I think he may have produced Jerry Maguire or um, maybe singles or something like that. But anyway, uh, James Earl Brooks is just someone I don't think is earning his keep in sort mm. of the fantasy um, baseball team of great directors. Mm. And uh, He seems to be like maybe he's, he's coasting on uh, The Simpsons uh, absolutely, success. and I think you know. I think he needs to go to movie jail where he can continue to collect his Simpsons money, hang out with Adam Sandler and Cameron Crowe, his buddies. And oh god, uh, but then they might make a movie. And maybe, but maybe focus enough to write something as good as Broadcast News because that movie is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Broadcast News is amazing. That's yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, James L. Brooks. I, I rest my case. Now, are you thinking maximum security, minimum security? Uh, maximum. I mean, twenty. We're talking about twenty years of bad. Things. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I I think he's guilty. Yeah, no, I think I think maximum security, and then you know, uh, hopefully he'll do something in the future that we can parole him for. Yeah, we'll see. Oh. No clank, clank. <laughs> All right, James L. Brooks, uh, you are remanded to the Robert De Niro Maximum Security Federal Penitentiary, Maximum Security Wing. Uh, for really, really phoning it in for 20 years. <laughs> What's that? What is that? It sounds like the voice of someone who did a really funny bit on SNL this past week. I think, I think your new host is, your new house is haunted. Yeah, you gotta move out of this house. I have an indigestion. I know that. It's time for the Nick Cage Memorial Bazaar line reading. Every episode, we add another crazy, weird, or just plain strange line reading from uh, a beloved or not so beloved actor uh, to uh, the canon of cage-worthy quips. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm doing it this time around. Uh, Getting back to our Seagal theme, Uh, I went to uh, Stephen Falk's favorite Seagal film, Under Siege. And uh, I pulled uh, this uh, moment uh, from uh, the movie where Tommy Lee Jones is the is the bad guy in the movie, and uh, he is uh, in the is in the third act. He gets too close to an explosion, and he's shell shocked. Remind me, this is after um, Fugitive, right? For Andy Davis? No, this no, is before, before Fugitive. Fugitive. Okay. Did he do it in the Line of Fire? Uh no, that was Wolf. Wolf was it was it Wolf Peterson? But yeah. he's that was the second time. Under Siege is the second time he worked with Tommy Lee Jones because he also directed a Gene Hackman film called The Package. Didn't Davis do uh, Above the Law too? Did yes. he do the first? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Well, the Package is just on TV today. Let's hear this. Keep a little red fucker with a mustache. One of the big chicken. Ah! 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 All of my life. Saturday morning cartoons. The best. Whoa. For example, do you remember those two little shrimp coming in, riding in on those two little seahorses with little hats, little chaps, little pistols? Bam, bam, bam! Shooting back over their shoulders. Rescue that lobster from the Swedish cook. Funniest thing you ever saw in my life. Splendid work, by the way. And it's splendid work. My, my, my. How hell doth quicken the spirit. Come on. 
up and ready. Where? Fire control. Of course, fire control. Yes. Chips and dips on the weather deck. Don't be late. Motor launch is waiting, all hands. Clear out of here. Just gibberish. Okay. I know. I can, know. You, can you? All right. Can you? Two questions. Uh huh. Do you think any of that was scripted? I don't mm-hmm. think so. No. I, I mean, I think that the there that, was probably one line regard related to a cartoon. Yeah. And, and then and, and then, then and the tomahawk. Second of all, yeah. to launch the tomahawk. What is going on in that scene? Well, like Visual. I said, he. Well, what what happens is he's shell shocked and he stumbles uh, below deck into the you know the control room and uh, just starts talking about. Like, the idea is he's he's kind of. Deaf? He's got. Well, he's deaf. He, he can't injured? hear. Well, yeah, no, because yeah. there's the explosion. Yeah, he so can't he hear. Can't hear. Yeah, and he he's, keeps he's, holding he's his. Dizzy. But he's injured. Yeah, he's, he's concussed. Yeah. He's concussed. Yeah, okay. and he was already a crazy person, sure. but now yeah. this is like a, a crazy person rant. The thing that's actually awesome about about it, even though it, I remember seeing the movie, going, "What is what is he talking about? This doesn't make any sense." But if you watch it, I mean, Tommy Lee Jones's performance. Is actually so lively and good. Yeah, he's, you know? he really I mean, chews the scenery. You, he, you and but but there's a joy to it. Yeah. Like he'll still choose scenery now. Yeah, but, but, it, but he won't. It but feels yeah. like he'd rather not. Right. He's, he's, he's he really seems like ranch. he seems yeah. he's having fun. And, he he was and, having fun under siege. in Under Siege. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. It's a pleasure to watch that. Thing. <laughs> wow, that was well, good. all right, that was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, that music. Well, that music means it's time for Straight to DVD Corner with Tom Slingdog. Oh, I'll go get Yeah, I'll you go should get go get him. He's rooting around in Steve's garbage. Hey, guys, it's, it's me, Tom. Hey, Tom. Like a radio oh, yeah. play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it is like a radio play. So I'm so excited that you guys are talking about Seagal, this podcast. Uh, I decided to uh, do a, a breakdown of all of Seagal's direct-to-video movies. What's the number? How many? Um, I, I don't know how many. It's two pages Jesus. worth. Here we go. I'm going to read it as fast as possible. If uh, you listeners at home have a hard time keeping up, just, you know, play it at a slower speed. Um, All right, so Steven Seagal, DTV career. Here we go. The Patriot, first DTV movie. Terrorist with a biological weapon. Not enough action, but it makes sense at least. Seagal's not very fat yet. Ticker, Tom Sizemore vehicle. Steven Seagal supports as a bomb expert. Mad Bomber played by... Dennis Hopper, who else? A confusing mess most likely cut around the lead's drunkenness. The Foreigner, Steven Seagal, plays John Cold. He's some kind of spy or something, but it's hard to tell what's going on despite all the talking. Not enough action. He's getting fatter. Out for a kill. Chinese mafia, drug smuggling, lazy martial arts scene. He's an archaeologist. <laughs> Belly of the Beast, fitting title. His daughter is kidnapped. Most action sequences of all his DTV movies. He rarely moves, simply waiting for the bad guys to come at him, and then he trips them or something. Clementine, Korean film about a taekwondo fighter who gives up violence. But guess what? Who cares? really, because Seagal is only in about five minutes of footage despite being the above the title star. Out of reach. He's a, a convoluted covert agent of some kind dealing with human trafficking. Makes little sense. He has a samurai sword fighting with a guy, uh, fight with a guy I think might have been in Mortal Kombat. Into the Sun. More swords. More Chinese
Chinese mafia. More webs of political corruption that make no sense. Seagal moves as little as possible. Maximum chub submerged. Originally meant to be a monster picture. Seagal made them get rid of the monsters, which means you're left with nothing but a boring submarine. Today You Die, one of Seagal's urban market movies. Vegas, he's double-crossed and has to get revenge. There's a car chase. Black Dunn, he reprises his role as John Cold. Not that his character names ever mean anything. This makes as, as little sense as his first Cold movie. Mercenary for justice. He's a mercenary for justice, whatever that means. Shadow Man, CIA kidnapping convoluted mess, which could describe the vast majority of these movies. Attack force, not enough attacking, too much covert military operations so secret they make no sense. Flight of fury, flight is not furious enough. Bad CGI stealth bomber sequences. Urban justice, more trying to recapture theatrical success of exit wounds. It's got Eddie Griffin. Seagal talks like a black guy for some reason. Pistol whipped, not enough pistol whipping. Lance Henriksen shows up a couple times. The Onion movie, maybe the worst sketch comedy movie of all time. And yes, I saw that Mr. Show movie. Seagal is the <laughs> cock puncher. Somehow manages to be so unfunny you can't help but laugh. Kill switch, he's a cop, which suggests it will be less convoluted than all the CIA movies. It's not. Hey, that's Isaac Hayes. Against the Dark. This time, Seagal didn't remove the supernatural element of the script. It's vampires. It's awful. Driven to Kill. He's a former mafia guy who decided to become a novelist. But guess what? He can't actually write, so he goes back to the mafia and kills everybody. The Keeper. He's an ex-cop who becomes a bodyguard. It's got a dangerous web of lies and deceit. At least that's what it says on the box. I don't remember. His hair looks really, really weird. A dangerous man. He's back on the street after leaving the CIA. Who writes this shit? Born to Raise Hell. If these movies were anything like their titles, it would be great, but they aren't. Instead, like this one, they think it's enough to throw around words like Interpol and International Task Force and Bloody Street War without delivering on any of that promise. <laughs> and that was the last of the DTV movies. Ton, I think you should leave right now. That was like one of the most magnificent things I've ever seen. That was fantastic. Uh, I, I'm really going to go. Well I, you know what? Since you moved to this new house, I got to say, I, 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 the house is nice, but your garbage is it's a, unbelievably it's a, good. It's a better class of garbage. It's nice garbage. No, it's good. It's good. All right, I'll go, get, it, I'll go get it, Todd. Wow. Well, Todd, you missed something uh, spectacular. Oh, it was really good. amazing. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was. It was concise, funny, well written, and fucking hysterical. Great. And Just... and pretty stunning that he's released what there's like twenty two. <laughs> oh, there's, so there's so many. Twenty two movies, maybe. Well, sometimes there's like two or three a year. Yeah, he used to make a lot more, but yeah. now that he's doing the TV, it's slowed. that's absolutely insane. Amazing. Ah. Oh. You know what that music means. It's time for a cold reading. Let's do some acting. A oh, giant yeah. cold reading? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> now, I've prepared something special uh, for this cold reading. Oh, my God. And uh, like many of Steven Seagal's movies and performances, it won't make any sense. Yeah. I have um, a medley of Steven Seagal lines. Oh, a med patched together from all of his different theatrically released movies. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. So it's this is going to be like a Frost Nixon, but it's like but We're it's both Seagal. But it's Seagal Seagal. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So I really because, wanted to play Seagal. I knew yeah. I wouldn't get to if no, Todd that's, was involved. And I, I because I know it's like when we do these cold readings, it's you know somebody usually gets shortchanged. This you know, great. with the role. So at this time, everybody's Seagal. This or is someone exciting. has to play the girl. Yeah, exactly. So no, it's just Seagal and Seagal. So, Fuck yeah. uh, uh, Stephen Falk, would you like to be orange Seagal or blue Seagal? I'd like to be uh, blue Seagal. Blue Seagal it is. And the script will be, I, I highlighted them because um, they have all the different character names and the different movies it's mm -hmm. specified. So Todd, you are uh, Orange Seagal. And um, there's no stage directions. There's, I'm not going to interfere in any way. 
I just want you guys to bring the best Seagal each of you can bring. Now, do you want, are you sure you don't want to read the the movie and the character? No, name? no, I don't want to, I don't, see, this is, this is. You want to this cut is, the flow. So, yeah, I don't want to cut the flow and then people um, can listen and they can have, play a little fun little game where they have to, you know, guess which movie. All, All right, right, cool. You All ready? Right, so you ready, whenever, Seagal? Whenever, whenever you guys are I ready. am. All right. You guys think you're above the law. Well, you ain't above mine. How does it feel to know you're about to die? Another cold day in hell. Anybody seem Richie? Anyone know why Richie, what Richie did to Bobby Lupo? Nah, I'm just a cook. Ew, that's disgusting. What is that? Halibut? Nobody beats me in the kitchen. If I find out you're lying, I'll come back and kill you in your own mouth in your own kitchen. Get my pies out of the oven. I'd like to make something very clear. I don't have rage. I'm a happy guy. You see this face? This is a happy face. You'd be lucky to be as happy as I am. If that's the best you got, I'm just going to have to kill you. You're Machete's girl. I know, because you're his type. You like to beat up on fucking women, is that it? Beat up on me, asshole. What am I, a shit magnet? I'm a federal agent. I work for the EPA. I guess it doesn't really matter since I kind of blew up all the evidence. You fuck with my family, you die. You know me. I ain't playing. If your daddy knew exactly how stupid you were, he'd trade you in for a pet monkey. I'll play your game afterwards if I'm still standing, because I might not be. Because you're a tough guy, you're a man, and you've got big balls. Here we go, Mr. Big Balls. Whose hot dog is this, huh? (laughs) (laughs) What does it take to change the (laughs) essence of a man? Once in a while, you should cry because it cleanses the soul and you can use a little bit of that. What kind of babbling bullshit is this? Now look, I feed you every dope-dealing guy he's got, but let me do it my way. Just give me an unmarked and a shotgun. Well, who the hell else is going to do it? Let's face You? It. Oh, sorry. Let's face it. I don't believe in authority. I was told somebody dumped some dangerous toxic waste down here. I wanted to see if I could come down and stop it. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, All of your ridiculous, pitiful antics aren't going to change a thing. You and me, we're puppets in the same sick game. We serve the same master, and he's a lunatic, and he's ungrateful. But there's nothing we can do about it. You and me, we're the same. You know, when you wake up in the morning and look in the mirror, I think you're probably happy. Please, the way you see, and that disturbs me. I'm going to take it on as my responsibility to make sure that you never get to look in that mirror again. I will show you a new meaning to the word violation. Really? Let me show you something. There's my gun. And here's my badge. Fair game now, okay? This is your trophy. This is your trophy. Come and get it. I think you really deserve to suffer. Don't be a bad guy. What do you want to shoot me for, huh? Don't be a bad guy. Be a nice guy, all right? This is for my wife. Fuck you and die. <laughs> well, I gotta say that was maybe the most satisfying acting I've ever done in my life. Uh, well, well, that's well, Mark for Death. Don't be a bad guy. Be a yeah, nice yeah, guy. Oh, yeah. I love that yeah. moment. Don't be a bad guy. Be a nice be guy. Be a nice guy. <laughs> and this is after he. This is after again. He leads a uh, bad guys. Into some poor shop owner's shop and racks the joint. 
I gotta say that was very well put together, Scott. Thank you. Thank when, you. I'm glad. Uh, I was I was very excited about w- that one. When my son Colby first learned to talk, <laughs> I taught him to say, "Don't be a bad guy, be a nice guy." <laughs> I thought it was so amusing when a toddler, a little toddler, saying that. That was good stuff. Oh. I love Seagal. Hey, hey, everybody! You know what that music means? It means it's time to play three words Seagal. That's right. It's the game where you make up the title to a fake Steven Seagal movie synopsis. Ah. Now, this is a uh, game that was suggested to us way back when by uh, a longtime film pig listener and a website visitor uh, who goes by the name of God. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. And uh, I'm assuming it's the real God because he likes Steven Seagal. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it must be the real God. Well, he so. made Steven Seagal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. In so, seven days. Uh and, he may and, not and, like him, but he forgives Steven. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is for, this is this game is for God. Um, here are the rules. Now there are ten synopses, and these are fictitious synopses that I've made up myself. No, I'm with him for uh, Steven Seagal movies. Uh, each of you will get five chances to score, so it's not trying to steal. We go one to the, one to the other guy. Um, after a synopsis is read, the player has ten seconds to blurt out a three-word Seagal-appropriate title for one point. Blurt. Like, above the law. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, if the title is made up of all single syllables, the player gets an additional one point for a maximum of two points per turn. Like, hard to kill. Mm-hmm. That's, you're going, that's, that's, that's the sweet spot. All right. All right. Um, I'll make a judgment whether or not the title is appropriate for the synopsis. It is possible to score zero points if your title is way off. Loves to dance, mm-hmm. for example, would right. be a bad be a choice. Unless choice. the synopsis is unless there's dancing, dancing in the synopsis. Yes, and of love course, of, of course. Dancing. Um, but uh, I'll tell you right now, loves to dance would n- is not going to be an appropriate title. Okay. Um, uh, so uh, don't waste time with that. Uh, in the event of a tie. There's a final synopsis that I will read. The first player to respond with a scoring answer wins. Okay. All right. So who goes uh, first? Hang on. I, since I'm such I'm such a like a really really terrible scorer, uh, I have brought a sack of pennies to use to uh, keep track of the score. So this I'm gonna. Seems I'm a gonna lot do, more complicated I'm than do writing. A flip. Yeah, but uh, I, I do it wrong when so I write how it. How are you so. handing us a penny if we get? Or two pennies if we use all yeah, single. Yeah, I'm just doing it with pennies. Okay, okay. So you call it. Yeah, tails. It's heads, so Todd will go first. Okay, I'm going first. All right, so uh, Todd, mm-hmm. here's your synopsis. Uh huh. <clears throat> Steven Seagal is Jackson Steele, a retired CIA wet works operative brought out of retirement to hunt down the team he trained after they go rogue and steal a shipment of weapons-grade anthrax. Mmm. Uh. Uh. Sword of Justice. <laughs> Sword of Justice. That is worth a penny. One point. <laughs> I assume. What are the scoring one penny and two? What? What are yeah, yeah, well, it's 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 if you if you get a good title, you get a point. Okay. And if you get it with all right, single right, syllables, you get another okay. point. All right. So uh, Stephen Fall, <clears throat> your synopsis. What works? <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Seagal is Marcus Blaze. <laughs> <laughs> A former Navy SEAL turned veterinarian in the Colorado mountains, he seeks only the quiet life when his best friend's daughter, Seagal's veterinarian assistant, is kidnapped by a meth-addled biker gang. Blaze of fire. (laughs) 
Blaze, I'm going to give a point to that. It's, it's, it. <laughs> Blaze of Fire. Yeah, actually, that's two points. I'm going to give two you're, points because that's all singles. Sing it, sing it, yeah. And that actually does sound like a DTV. And his yeah. name is, is Yeah, it's Blaze. Blaze. You got the name. Yeah, yeah that's Blaze two. That's two. Yeah. That's two yeah. for, yeah. that's two for fun. That was good. <laughs> Blaze of Fire. All right, Tom. Uh-huh. Steven Seagal is Professor Nick Champion. A former FBI forensic scientist brought out of retirement to investigate the assassination of the vice president. (laughs) Which leads to a conspiracy inside the government to kill the president as well. Um. (laughs) Uh. Um. The. Uh, prof of justice. <laughs> prof of justice. Uh, that's all I could come up with. It's it's it's. In, it, I'm gonna give a point. It's it's in the it's in the area. Wow, we're on the cur- we're on yeah. a curve here. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is. Well, this is mostly directed video. So. Yeah. It's DTV prof stuff. of justice. <laughs> <laughs> Professor stuck in my head. <clears throat> wow. All right. All right. <clears throat> Stephen Falk. Yes. Here's your synopsis. Mm-hmm. Stephen Seagal is Brock Mountain. A former Marine sniper living the quiet life on an Indian reservation when he suddenly finds himself the target of a nationwide manhunt. He's been framed for the assassination of a visiting foreign dignitary from a country suspected of harboring terrorists. Shoots with prejudice. (laughs) (laughs) That's a point. Uh, Shoots with with prejudice. That's a good one. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, I went on Indian like Dance with the Wolves. Yeah, and he's yeah, a sniper. Yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> All right, Todd. <clears throat> Steven Seagal is Detective Lars Tanner, a maverick cop two weeks from retirement. He finds himself chasing his one unsolved case, a serial killer not active in years, but who now returns to taunt Detective Tanner with fresh victims. Um. Um I'm gonna need an answer. Okay, uh uh co- <laughs> uh cops last kill. <laughs> that's cops I think I like that and that's a single syllable. Yeah cops yeah, last kill. Cops that's last two. Kill. That's gonna be two for Todd. Well done. Cops last kill. <laughs> All right. Stephen Falk. Yeah. Steven Seagal is Chris Stark, a former Green Beret turned environmentalist who finds himself in conflict with a huge pharmaceutical company and its army of mercenaries when he uncovers a plot to dump waste chemicals into a neighboring small town's water supply. Stark Toxic Justice. That's a point. Easily a point. <laughs> Star toxic. <laughs> uh, 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 All right, Tom. Star justice. All right, here we go, Tom. Uh huh. Steven Seagal is Bubba Drake, a dissolute. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll start again. Yeah, yeah. Bubba Drake. <laughs> My mouth's getting dry from reading this. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's, hold, let's keep it together, people. Are you ready, Tom? Uh-huh. So good. 
Steven Seagal. <laughs> Steven Seagal is Bubba Drake, a disillusioned private military contractor turned blues musician. <laughs> we'll try start one more time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> okay, we can wait. All right, let's, try let's, again, let's keep try it together. Again, we got to keep it together. Come on. All right. We just wasted a minute uh, just laughing. Uh, <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. Just I'm losing my mind. This is it. Okay. Steven Seagal is Bubba Drake, a disillusioned <laughs> private military contractor turned blues musician brought in for one last job in Eastern Europe to recover an escapee... <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going. To recover an escapee from a secret CIA prison <laughs> who may or may not be a vampire. <laughs> you can have more time to come up with a title. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Oh fuck! Oh my god! I wanna, I wanna do honor to the names and everything. Uh, I'm gonna, call, I'm gonna call it. Uh, I'm gonna call it Drake's Cake Blues. <laughs> Drake's what? Cake? You never heard of Drake's cakes? Drake's cake? Oh, okay. He's fat. Yeah. Drake's Cake Blues. He's blues. He's Drake. And I'm gonna cake. give, I'm gonna give you the two points. Mainly because we mangled it so much by laughing <laughs> oh. for two minutes. That's just. Uh, that was awesome. Oh. Are you, are you hate blues? Drake's cake blues, yeah. I, I'm I'm putting a protest on that one. No, it's not a Steven Seagal title. <laughs> yeah, but three we, words. We we really made yeah, it, we really so, made it hard yeah. for him to. Yeah. Uh, That's cat a, dog ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was bringing in the the weight problem oh. with the cake. All right, Stephen uh, Falk, you yes. ready? Yes, all right, I'm composed. Here we go. <laughs> Eastern Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Seagal is Carson Thorpe, a tough-as-nails cop who loves coaching his nephew's soccer team, sets his sights on revenge after a botched mob hit leaves his nephew clinging for life in intensive care while the criminals go free on a technicality. Goal for death. What? Goal for death. Goal for death. Goal for death. That's a nice <laughs> That's one. That's good. That's a two-pointer. Soccer. <laughs> go for the goal for death. <clears throat> All right. Todd, you ready? Yeah. Steven Seagal is Dr. Ron Stryker, a former Air Force pararescue jumper suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> <laughs> He's forced to confront his demons when a group of domestic terrorists bring their war to the quiet dude ranch. Stryker is converted into a free healthcare clinic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Why? <laughs> Why? Why did they bring it to a health uh, uh Strike or die. <laughs> strike or die. That's two points. Uh, That's a good one. Uh, a pun. Uh, it's a pun. You it's bring a, their war to pun. the ranch he's made a health care <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, you can sell all of these. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Falk. Yeah. This is this is the this is number ten. 
Steven Seagal is. Wait, how many do I need? I'm sorry. Um, let's see. The score is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Todd has eight. One, two, three, four, five, six. Shit. So I you need, need a, you need to tie it up. You need a two pointer. Ready? Yeah. Steven Seagal is Diego Vartan, a Marine captain sentenced to life in prison for a crime he didn't commit is given the chance for freedom by the man who put him there, as long as Vartan goes on one last mission, supporting a conspiracy to overthrow the U.S. government. Gonna need an answer. Jail. <laughs> Jail. Jail. Or kill. Jail or kill. Jail or kill. You know, I'm going to give two points so we can just do the tiebreaker oh, one. Yeah. How does the tiebreaker work again? What whoever, we- whoever, whoever, whoever uh, shouts out uh, a scoring, any, any, basically whoever shouts out first is. I, I, uh, I, uh, I, I admit I flubbed that one, but so did you with the, with Drake's cake. cake. Drake's <laughs> cake blues. So yeah, well, it's all so tied it's up. Actually yeah. tied. And it's all tied up. I feel good about and, this. And uh, and how we're going to do this is I'm going to hold my hand up for you guys. Until I finish the synopsis, and then I'm going to drop my hand, and then you can yell out. Okay. okay. Right, so everybody ready? Yeah. Here's the tiebreaker. <clears throat> Steven Seagal is Detective Sam Two Fists Thunder, a former mixed martial artist and government agent. He now spends his days cleaning up the mean streets of Los Angeles until his investigation of a new, highly lethal, and environmentally dangerous synthetic drug leads him to a CIA conspiracy and the very people he used to work for. Uh, Kick for trash. <laughs> Kick for trash? Kick for trash? <laughs> you just said yell out something. You win. <laughs> Uh, what the hell was his name? Get, again? Get, All right, uh, come is, on, but maybe it. not a speed. Why don't we do a quality? Let, let's let's take this over. Let's do a quality. Okay, let's a quality. Speed. Let's do a, we'll do let's do a quality because right, because our listeners get, deserve quality. I think so. So we each get ten seconds and we'll yeah. come up with an answer. All right. Uh, Would you like me to read the synopsis again? again? Yeah, please. Steven Seagal is Detective Sam Two-Fists Thunder, a former mixed martial artist and government agent. He now spends his days cleaning up the mean streets of Los Angeles until his investigation of a new, highly lethal, and environmentally dangerous synthetic drug leads him to a CIA conspiracy and the very people he used to work for. Fists of Freedom. The Law's Thunder. The Law's Thunder Fists of Freedom. I'm going to have to declare a tie. All right. I think I'm there until I Well done, everybody. Oh, my God. <laughs> I lost my shit on that one. That was, uh, that was, that was fucking pretty amazing. hilarious. <laughs> oh, those sad oh. children mean it's time for the bottom five. Oh, a no. list of five bad things. Oh, I don't uh, like and, that. And uh, my bottom five is uh, the worst thing Steven Seagal has done. And some of these are his uh, DTV movies, and it's also very fluid, because an hour from now, this list will change. Uh, (laughs) I mean, but Kill a Puppy will always be number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, okay, Kill a Puppy, yeah, we'll we'll take off, uh, well, I had uh, Attack Force. Yeah, that's terrible. I had The Foreigner, but I might replace that with Kill a Puppy. 
Yeah. yeah. I think Drake Drake's Cake's Blues is probably <laughs> one of the worst things I've ever done. And I had, uh, I had Belly of the Beast because it's so confusing. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of terrible. And then the last two I had were his Lightning Bolt Energy Drink and his Aftershave Scent of Action. Oh. Is that a real thing? It was, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that soothing, soothing noise means it's time for a moment of positivity mm. where we wash away all the negative and replace it with happy, happy thoughts. And my moment of positivity um He nursed episode, the puppy with his moobs. <laughs> 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 My moment of positivity is is for Steven Seagal as the only liberal action hero, and that you know he has this kind of amazing uh, tendency to combine brutal action with these really kind of like uh, left wing progressive messages of environmentalism, uh, really anti nationalism. It's you know his his government conspiracy stuff is all about. Uh, you know, uh, you know, stop the government from doing awful shit to people. Yeah, um, protection of minorities. More libertarian yeah. than, than anything. Yeah, I guess it's a little more libertarian, but but it's but it's a little more liberal in the sense that it's he does lots of defending people and standing up for right, people, right, and sure. uh, uh, and he beats up a lot of rich white guys. That's true. Yeah, he yeah. does. I like it. And that's the show. That was that was my favorite yeah. show so far. And I'd like to thank uh, my uh, co-hosts Todd Anderson and Stephen Falk. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And as always, I'd like to thank Adam Blau for all the great music that uh, makes us sound so awesome. Yeah, Adam Blau is awesome. Adam Blau for justice. Blau for justice. Blau for justice. <laughs> I mean, really, you could have taken any word for justice <laughs> yeah. or of justice. Yeah. Speaking of action heroes, I saw uh, Journey to the Mysterious Island with Colby over the weekend. Starring The Rock. Starring The Rock. And, and The Rock on. The Rock was wearing skin-tight, uh, skin-tight, you know, t-shirt the whole time. And his nipples were really hard, <laughs> which was distracting, especially in 3D. And disturbing. But but his nipples were placed so low, they were like in the, the midpoint of his torso. Oh. And it was, and like, at first we were like, is that like a mic that was, like, fell or something? <laughs> It was really weird looking. But, but I, I, I assume it's because of the way he's worked out his pecs. It's pushed his nipples low. So, so what you took away from that movie was that The Rock has weird nipples. Yeah, that was it. Was very distracting. Guzman, Guzman was uh, he was doing his best. All right, all right. Well, that's the there show, everybody. Thanks, everybody.